Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BNAC Talks Press. When you're not presenting, what do you like to do, Amy? I love to write. Writing is like my passion. I love music. Um, I'm a mom to five boys. So a lot of what I do is watch superhero movies and I can't say that I love it, but I love them. So <laughs> I watch a lot of superhero movies. <laughs> they don't particularly love watching them with me either. Cause I'm like, this doesn't make sense. What is that character? I don't even understand. And then they're like, just watch mom, be quiet. So we watch a lot of movies, especially this last year. Um, normally in non COVID times, I also spend a lot of time just at band performances and choir performances and cross country meets and football games and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of my world. Yeah. So when you're speaking, when you're on a stage, whether it's a virtual stage or a physical stage, what gets you fired up? What's, what's your passion when you're speaking? My you know, it's interesting because there are, there really are two different types of speakers. They're the ones who speak because that's what they love. And they're the ones who speak because that's the best strategy for their business. And while I do love the stage, I would have to categorize myself in the second category. So what I really love is helping business owners be able to make their business work, like figure out that, that dream, that idea that they have. I love the logistical foundation parts of building the sales and marketing systems that work and figuring out who they need on their team and what system are they lacking that's going to create the business that they love. And so for me, it's all about the business transformation. So when I go and I help a business owner, you know, when I'm speaking and I see them get it, like, oh, that's why my marketing's not working. You know, like that Mm -hmm. moment for me is the reward and it's creating the relationship. So I'm actually kind of, um, I'm right on that border between introvert and extrovert. And so the time before I speak is always super awkward for me, right? Because, you know, you're networking, you're mingling, you're meeting all these people. And I'm like, this is my (laughs) social worst nightmare, you know? And then I get on stage and deliver my message. And then I love the time right after, because that's when the real good conversations happen where people come up and they say, okay, here's what I've got going on in my business. This is what I've been struggling with. And then we can like dive into their personal strategy. So it's interesting because I hate the part before getting on stage. I really enjoy the part being on stage, but I really love the part right after you get off stage. And that's when you get to start the work of it and find clients and be, I mean, to me, it's like building in a sandbox, you know, like we're creating what they want and what their vision is. And that's the part that to me is super rewarding. But what is it that happens between the uh, super awkward stage before you get on the microphone and then you make the presentation and then you're done and and you get to the part that you absolutely love or uh, not that you don't love being on the stage, but what happens in between? What, What happens in that presentation that changes the awkward networking thing to after you're done presenting, you're still hanging out with the same folks. So what's the difference? I know 
Isn't that so funny? I always find this process fascinating. And I have, like, I'm talking to myself beforehand. I'm like, okay, Amy, you know that as soon as you get up there, you love it. So like, come on, like gear, you know, and I have to kind of pep top myself up. Um, but I think the difference is that for me, when I, when I flip that switch, it's, is it about me or is it about them? You know, am I there because I'm there to build and I'm there to pour in and I'm there to serve and I'm there to um, help them grow? Or is it that I'm there and the focus is on me? And as soon as I can switch that flip or flip that switch inside of my mind, then it's like I get into my zone and I, and I'm clear, here's what I'm here to accomplish. I'm here to make business transformation for these people and um, help them walk out of the room more prepared than they were when they came into it. So I think that's what it is for me. It's, you know, my, is it about my discomfort or is it about their education and their growth and their transformation? So I completely get it. I, I know in, I, in asking that question, I may have come up like, yeah, okay, so what, what, what's happening here? You're still yeah. the same number of folks? <laughs> no, I completely get it. And when you're in that networking stage before you get on the microphone, you feel like you haven't done anything to yes. bring value, right? You haven't, you haven't done anything to get these people hyped. You haven't done anything to get these people excited. You have not done anything to bring about a difference. And so you feel almost like, or at least, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I feel like something of an imposter to an extent. I feel like mm-hmm. I don't really have a purpose when I'm just kind of mixing and mingling and you haven't heard what I have to bring to you. I, I just feel like I'm I don't feel like I'm bringing, I'm, I'm giving you anything. And I feel like somewhat the attention is on me because everybody knows who this face is right here. This is the person about to get on the microphone. So I feel like the attention is on me, but I'm not in a position in this mix and mingle environment to really show you the difference that I can make in you. So once I get on the microphone and the attention shifts, I flip the switch and now Although it seems like the micro, the the magnifying glass or the lights are trained on me, and that all of the focus is on me. Mm-hmm. No, now I get a chance to put the focus on the audience and make everything audience centric, and I get a chance to bring about a change in you. I get a chance to show you not what I know, but help you take what I know to make a difference in what you do. And then once I have delivered, once I've done my job, once I've given you something, now I'm ready to get out there and talk to you and talk about, well, what did that, what, what did you think of that? And what are you going to do differently? And, and how are you going to put XYZ into practice? It's, it's a really interesting phenomenon, if you will, uh, where mm-hmm. When I say I totally get that awkward feeling and then you finally get on the stage and it's like, yes, bring it, lights. You're like, now I'm in my zone. You know what else I think is part of it too, though, is I think every brilliant woman knows what it is like to be too much for someone, right? And so we all have that that part of us that's so brilliant and genius. Like mine, my gift is strategy. Like I... 
I literally will dream business plans and I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Hey client, I just dreamed about your business last night and I've got it all figured out. You know, like it's strategy is my gift. And so we all have that, but at some point in all of our lives, we've all been turned to told to tune that down, that like, it's too much somehow. And so I think also before you get on stage, nobody's asking for it. And once you get on stage, then they're clamoring for it. And so there's that shift too, where and, and, I, and I know this is all, it's all mind and heart stuff, right? Like we walk in and we have to gear ourselves up for it every time, but there's also that part that is, um, it, it's you remembering that all of your greatness can shine and it's not going to be too much and giving yourself that permission, which we do when we're on stage. Cause that's what we, ex- that's what they expect. That's what they hired us for. That's what they brought us in for. But when it's like one-to-one, sometimes it can be a lot and sometimes it can be, you know, intimidating. And so when people aren't asking for it, I'm like, I don't know what to do in this conversation. Cause I don't know how much you want me to give you of what I'm seeing. And, and my brain is such a, you know, such a focused brain that whether you tell me what your business challenges are not, I'm already hearing them. And so my brain is already going into that mode and yet it's not, it's not the time for it. Like, I don't know if you're ready for it. I don't know if you want it. So I think there's that part of it too, that we have to remind ourselves that, the, that we don't have to tone it down to make somebody else feel comfortable. Like we can be all that we are and show up in that brilliance. And, um, and the people who want it will be excited about it. And the ones who don't, that's cool too. Like they're, they're not going to be excited after you speak either. So, you know, they're just not your people. Uh, Right. You cannot reach everybody every single time, 100% of your presentation. I mean, that, and, and that's okay. Uh, you know, it's, perfectly okay. Be okay with that. Now you were talking about how you're, you're trying to choose and determine what do you give people in one-on-one situations? How do you determine what to give the audience in your presentation? You know, I really base that off of the, uh, first of all, it's what's the focus of the conference. So I always try to figure out, you know, what is the focus of this conference? What is the presenter or the organizer? What are their objectives? When this is all said and done, what do they hope will happen? Is it that they're trying to sell people into their program? Is it that they're trying to produce a result that they're trying to get people to come back next year? And so I start with their result, And then I go back to, you know, what is this? What's the need that I can fill that nobody else can fill. And then I customize my, I customize my presentation to that group. So I'm almost always speaking on one of four topics. It's either going to be building your team and scaling your business. It's going to be marketing. It's going to be sales, or I do get asked a good bit to speak on balancing business and family because I do have five kids. So I know a little bit about that. <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's going to be within that. But once I, I know what the topic is, then I'm going to go and customize it to that particular conference. Who, who are these people? Um, you know, what are their challenges? What are the common goals that they have? And then I really try to, and I think this is one of the reasons why I get asked back. I really try to support the goal of the event, not just my personal goal. Cause you know, I'm going because I want clients. That's why I speak. But if I just go and I have that take energy, 
And then I don't get invited back. I go and I do my best because, you know, I've run events too. We run a lot of conferences and it's so interesting. The ones who are nice to me, but jerks to my team, right? Like we remember, we talk about it afterwards. And so I want to go in and be the one that is like the one that the team is like, oh, she was great to work with. She was super easy to work with. She was a good promoter. She, you know, was helpful. We would love to have her back again. And she rocked it on the stage. So for me, it's that, that entire process of being a contributor. I want, I want them to feel like I was a, a partner, um, that I made the event better because I was there, not just that I rocked it on stage, but I was a diva before. And I was a diva after, you know, cause we've all met those speakers too. Right. <laughs> in addition to being a diva, <laughs> no, in addition to being a mom of five boys, Amy Walker is a client acquisition specialist. She's an inter- international speaker and she's an executive business coach. Everybody. She is passionate about helping entrepreneurs create a business model that works. She is passionate about uh, making sure they have a model that makes money and one that does not take over their lives. She believes that business can be a platform for creating positive change in the world. And she empowers entrepreneurs to go after their dreams. Amy has been featured in Fast Company, as well as Huffington Post and various radio and television programs. She lives in a small town in Northeast Georgia, where she runs a successful multi, uh, a successful million dollar company. Now, Amy, tell me, what is one of your favorite presentations? I'm telling you, if I, if I were to say, you know what, everybody, forget about this podcast conversation. Amy is about to present X to you. What would that be? Uh, it would be how to generate a whole lot of leads on a little bit of budget. And I name it different things depending on who the audience is and what it is. But there are so many people that are struggling to get enough leads into their business because they're trying to get them all through paid sources. And most people right now that have enough leads in their business consistently, they're getting them through like putting together five to seven different lead gen sources. And then you have this consistent, steady trickle come in. And I'm telling you that right there can just double a business's revenue in a year. If they just have enough leads, it's amazing. Mm, You want to know something that really caught my attention that I loved about the, your favorite presentation, the title of it, everybody, did you, did you hear it? It was how to, or at least maybe it wasn't the title. I'm calling it the title, but the topic is how to generate a whole lot of leads with a little bit of budget. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Notice how she put together opposites. When you're trying to think of a title or topic for your presentation, put together opposites that always intrigues people how to do X, even if you know absolutely nothing about it, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to know how to do something. I'm going to become something of an expert on something, although I know nothing about it, how to become a profitable speaker, even if you are terrified of making presentations. Really? I mean, it just seems like the two don't even go together. So think about opposites. Think about how you can turn your audience almost into experts and have them feeling like that's what's going to happen. Now, how do you, 
how do you handle situations in your presentation? Tell me, you know, Bridget, that's never happened to me. I don't know what you're talking about. How do you handle a situation in your presentation where something just doesn't go right? Let's say you ask the audience a question and you're anticipating one thing, but something else It goes else a totally happens. different direction. Or, <laughs> what was that? It goes a totally different direction. And you're like, well, this was not what I planned on talking about today. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of different things that can go off the rails in a presentation. And so what I do is I just picture that it's a little detour. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, we got a little detour. Like it's not a big deal to pull off and then pull back on. And that's kind of the way that I look at it is whatever little detour goes wrong in my mind. I don't let myself get, uh, I don't let the emotion level go high or the stress level go high. I was, I was running my own conference and we had over 2000 people there. We had hired this sound company. I had, um, Alex Boyer, who at the time had just done, um, America's Got talent was pretty famous in our local area. He was performing and the sound was not working and the video was not working. And I'm sitting here like, okay. So now what do we do? And it was just like, in my mind, I was like, we're just going to hold, we're going to make a joke about it. We're going to have fun with it. Um, I don't remember what we did, but we were up there like talking about MC hammer. And I think I may have done a hammer dance on stage. (laughs) Not a good one, but I did one. And like, we just, we play with it as we as we circle back to where we want to go. So I just look at it as it's just a little detour in the road. And then we're going to get back on track where I feel like this really derails speakers is when they go after the detour and then they continue to pursue the detour and maybe it was good and people liked it, but they didn't get back to the original objectives. So then at the end, they maybe didn't get the leads they wanted. They didn't get the bookings they wanted. They, they just didn't hit their, if you're speaking to sell, you didn't get the sales that you wanted. And so, while everybody will go, Oh, that was amazing. It was great. You're walking away like, but it wasn't because I didn't get to my objectives. So I just go with the detour and then I circle right back to the road I was on before. And so that's the key to recovering from something going left where roll with it. Okay. Roll with it. what mm-hmm. is it? You, you turn into the skid or something like that on the road when you're in a snowy uh, terrain, you turn with the skid, turn into the skid, but then make sure you correct and get back on course. Mm-hmm. And just having a few simple transitions in your head can help you with that. Well, that was a lot of fun Absolutely. or now, let's get back to our next point or, okay, that was a great comment. Now, as I was saying, or something like that. So have a couple yeah, of Yeah. Well, even calling out that it was a detour, even saying something like, oh, I love when we get these questions that detour us into a really great place, but I want to make sure we get back to what we, what we're going to accomplish today. So you don't even have to pretend like that's the thing. Sometimes I think we worry too much about being so smooth that nobody knows we got off course. Like I, I really feel like audiences like relatability and they want to be able to see themselves in you. And it's a human thing to get off course and get back on course. And it makes them feel like you're having an experience together versus you being this hundred percent pro always polished can't untouchable, you know? I, so I don't think it's an issue at all just to be like, that was the best detour all day. All right, let's get back on track. Everyone. 
Right. I, I cannot agree more with you, especially when you show yourself as a human. That mm-hmm. is what will sell you or or what will, you know, have you won over by audiences time and time again, because that's what they want to see. Oh, oh, geez. Wow. That sounds like something that would happen to me. That looks like something that would happen to me. Awesome. What is the best strategy that you have for presenting? Like what is, what is just something you do, whether it is jump up and down 20 times behind stage, backstage, whether it is you only drink Fiji water. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) What is, (laughs) what is a secret where you must have this or you must do this before you present? And if someone said, no, you cannot do that, you, you would just, Oh, it's a, we're about to fight because, right. I'm going to take the glasses off and it's going to get ugly in here. Right. <laughs> uh, so for me, I am a, it's my, it's my meditation prayer time beforehand. And that's the time where I've already done all of my preparation, right? Like my slides are done. My work is done. Everything that I can do is done. And I like to spend some time in prayer and meditation, um, thinking and sending good energy to the people that are going to be coming and then asking the question, like, and, and keep in mind, my slides are done, but asking the question, what do these people really need from me? And the answers that I get are beautiful. Like sometimes it's like, they just need some hope. They need some love. They need, you know, but the answers that I get are always beautiful. And then I go into the speech with that in mind. And I'm always fascinated to see how, when I get done, people come up and they say back to me the same thing that I got in my meditation and journaling and prayer that morning. Um, you know, I'll have, I'll have a phrase that comes to my mind and then people come up afterwards. They're like, oh my gosh, I just really blah, blah, blah. And it's my exact same phrase. So that for me is, is my one thing that I I've got it. And I, that's why I don't ever like to be frantic or rushing around because then I'll, I'll miss that moment. And that's what I feel like creates the best presentations. Mm. And even if everybody listening, even if you are, in a situation where you're doing the networking, like Amy and I were talking about at the beginning, there's nothing wrong with excusing yourself from the networking. And it's up to you if you want to announce to that person what you're about to do or what, but there's nothing wrong with just saying, you know, excuse me, I'm going to go take five minutes to just kind of get set level set. So I can make sure I give you my best. I bring you my best. Or it's just a simple, excuse me, you don't have to tell anybody, you grown person, you don't have to tell anybody what you're about to do, but do that. So you can find your center and you can ground yourself. You're not thinking about the last thing somebody said. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking about all of the conversations beforehand. You can just think about what is it that I am about to give them. I even wrote down something you said several minutes ago, support the goal of the event. Do not have a take energy. So it's about going and redirecting that energy and thinking about how can I give them everything that I've got to make sure this event is the best it can be. Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What is one last thing you would tell our listeners, Amy, about how to just own the microphone and be total rock stars? 
it would be to own it like you. I remember when I first got started speaking, I had a mentor that was, you know, six foot two, big man, big personality on stage, used, you know, humongous hand gestures, would walk through the crowd. And we've, I mean, he was a larger than life personality. And then five foot, um, three and three quarters, Amy, I claim the three quarters because it's important, you know, (laughs) like you take what you can get when you're in the low fives. (laughs) And so, you know, I go and I try to do the same thing and I just, I, it was not me. And so I, I felt, um, I felt less than, and it didn't amplify my voice. It didn't amplify my message or my brilliance because I was trying to personify somebody else's gifts. And when I really just settled into me, you know, that I am, I'm very girl next door. I'm quirky. I'm going to do something a little weird and funny in every single presentation. And then we're going to have a whole lot of great information and content. Like I'm a strategist. And when I just bring all of me and show up on stage, that's where audiences resonate with me. And that's where event hosts are excited that I'm there. And so if you will, um, you know, not try to be some other type of speaker, but just be your version of who you are. That's where I think the magic begins. Okay. I know I prefaced that query as if it was the last one, (laughs) but there was something you said in that response that prompted another question. You indicated you are that, that persona for you is the girl next door, a little bit quirky, gorgeous glasses, everybody. I hate you can't see them. Uh, these fantastic turquoise, I'm sure that's not the right name for the color, great frames. How did you know that that was your personality? When did you realize? Oh my gosh, I'm going to tell you a super embarrassing story. Are you ready for this? I'm braced. <laughs> I was teaching a presentation. This was this was back when I was in, um, I was doing a direct sales training. This was several, several years ago when I was still in my wear black suit phase and straighten my curls out and, you know, like try to look real professional cause I was young. And so I wanted, I wanted to impress everybody. So I'm teaching this class and I'm going over all the things that they need to know and all of it. And then somebody said something and I don't even remember what it was, but before I knew it, I was doing an impression of my grandpa's pug dog named Rexy, who by the way, got so fat that one of his eyeballs popped out. And so they had to like, sew it back in. And he was so fat that he breathed like this. <laughs> And like his one eye was looking at you all wonky. And so I'm up there doing this presentation uh, or like this demonstration of Rexy, the pug dog. And all of a sudden it was like the room broke open and everybody was laughing and they were having a great time. And there was more business that was done in that room than I had ever generated in a room before. And I was like, oh, so black suit, Amy, who is trying to mind every single word and make sure that everything is on track does not connect with people because guess what? She's not real. Like, that's not me. That's not who I am. Um, but Amy, who does the goofy impression of Rex dog, you know, pug dog Rexy, that works. You know, I got a, I was uh, speaking with two of my really good friends, Cheryl Wood and Darnielle Jervy, and they are both powerhouse speakers. And we were at this conference and it was probably 
85% African-American and they were talking about their lives and all these hip hop references. And I'm this like quirky, dorky little white girl who's just going to come up and talk about strategy. And they are both like dynamite speakers and I'm a strategy speaker. And so I got up on stage and I was like, all right, here's the deal. You guys, the only hip hop reference that I know is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And, you know, I, I'm not going to be the best speaker you say today, but I'm going to re- try really hard to make this um, the best strategy session that you get today. And I just claimed who I was. And then they were like, somebody somebody started playing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And so the, the DJ did. So I grabbed the microphone and I rapped the first verse. I was like, all right, let's get down to strategy, you know, because... That's what I can do. All I can do on stage is be 100% me. And, um, and I know that there's this, there's these different parts of our personality. Like if I'm in a room full of 50 people, I'm going to be quiet talking to one person. Um, but I'm also, if I know all of the people, I'm extremely playful and quirky and fun. And so you just have to give yourself a chance to, experiment with the different parts of you and see which ones feel good. Like try on the different clothes of you and see which ones you enjoy having on stage. Now I'm not suggesting that you can walk up onto stage without any polish, any practice, any performance coaching, but you still have to stay true to you. You know, I could not go on stage following Darnielle and Cheryl and pretend to be a power speaker. That's not who I am. I'm a strategist and I'm a great teacher and I'm a great trainer and I'm fun and people like the presentation because of that, but I'm not going to be up there like making them cry and making them shout and, you know, like, ah, like that, that's not who I am on stage. And so by being radically different from everybody else, that was how I found my space in that room. And I've done that many times when I go to an event and I'm like, Oh, you know, these are, this is a different crowd for me. I, if I go to a really highly technical crowd, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be talking about my tech stack. And so how am I going to differentiate? Um, I went to a, an, a, I spoke at an event that was like Tony Robbins style. I mean, they were passing people around and crowd surfing and like breaking boards and walking on fire and all this stuff. And then I'm like, I'm going to teach marketing strategy, you know? And so I had to, again, go in and do a disrupt that brings them into my space and into my world. So I think it's, I think it's some practice and, and being appreciative of who you are enough that you're good with who you aren't. I'm good with who I'm not because I like who I am. Ooh, be good with who you are not. I have to write that one down. I am one of those visual people. And if I do not write it down, 10 minutes later, I will not be able to repeat it to you. (laughs) I was that kid in college who sat up front and this is back in the day, old school pen and paper. I had my notes. I was, I, I, that's just me, but I digress. Ooh, I love that. I love that. Everybody just experiment a little bit with your presentations. I'll tell you personally, I'm not a storyteller in presentations, but I got detoured at a presentation in DC back in May of 2019. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but it was just something that made me ask the audience, how many of you were at the same conference in San Diego last year and you attended my session? And several people raised their hands. And I said, do you see a difference between the two? And they were like, "Uh uh-huh. And I said, 
geez, I wish I could remember what made me do that. I told them the story of what happened before my presentation in 2018 in San Diego. I met an uncle who didn't even know I existed, but mm-hmm. I knew all about him and the family and everything. And I had to make a split second decision as to whether I was going to approach him. He's got his name badge on. I know, I know all these people. Okay. I had to make a split second decision as to whether I was going to approach him or not. And I had a presentation that was going to be happening in just under just over two hours. And I knew that this was going to shake me and rattling rattle me mentally But then I said, I don't want to get on that plane tomorrow and regret not walking up to him. So Mm -hmm. I did. And we had this conversation and I'm in tears. I'm looking a hot mess. Hotmess.com would be me. (laughs) And but I still had that presentation to deliver. So I do the best I can and go and give them what I can. And uh, but before I tell the audience all of this and I give them all of the all of the details okay all Mm -hmm. of the details but before i tell them this it was really funny they said we thought you were great that's why we're back attending your session here in dc i was like oh my god (laughs) but the connection that we made with each other because i was telling them about some kind of personal family stuff Mm -hmm. that i don't normally talk about Mm -hmm. we connected beyond my topic We took that little detour and connected beyond the planned topic. We got back on track. But after that, and it was just an on-the-spot experimentation, Amy. It just happened. After that, I said, you know what? You need to start sharing a little bit more of yourself. Because I give you the Mm -hmm. objective material, and I inject humor, and there's energy, and there's, you know... But after that, I said, you know, that worked. I just need to make sure the way I do it is authentic. It has purpose and it connects with the audience in some kind of way. But never before had I had any interest in sharing Mm -hmm. a personal story. So experiment with your presentations. Try out different outfits. Try out different openings, try out different graphics, whatever. And oftentimes we have people that have to do the same presentation over and over again, especially if you're in training, if you're in onboarding, if you're in HR, right? Uh, Try, try a new graphic, try a new quote, try a new story, uh, uh, you know, anything, but just experiment, toy around with, with strategies and see what just clicks for mm-hmm. you and the audience. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Love it. Well, Amy, I promise that was the last question. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so, so very much, everybody. I'll make sure you have the information for how to connect with Amy. She also has a fabulous uh, tool she'd like to share with you. So make sure you check out the notes. Amy Walker, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Thank you so much for having me. You are a fantastic host. I appreciate that. And thank you to each and every listener. Until the next time, make sure you always own the microphone. Mm